0: Hello, uh, top of the morning to you, Sukuna, to, to the rest of the AM Live listeners. Uh, listen, um, is, is that Kravishni? Kravishni, is that you? You sound a bit different.
1: <laughs> very I, funny, Clyde. <laughs> very, <laughs> very funny, Clyde, you know. <laughs> you sound a bit like Clive.
0: Hi. <laughs> You, can't, you, can't, you can easily distinguish because I've got a funny laugh.
1: <laughs> uh, and that's what I was referring to. Your laugh sounds a bit off this morning.
0: <laughs> Welcome back, my sister.
1: Thank you so much. Now, we saw the Asian stocks rise to a one-week high with currencies of oil-porting uh, nations strengthening that. What's, uh, tell us more about it.
0: What the problem is is that we've, we've had a very confused uh, week in terms of equities in the Asian market. But, however, yesterday marked a new venture all for the rest of the year. I mean, we were up yesterday at 1.76%, which actually helped improve all the emerging market sectors. So you would have seen the JSE do relatively well at the back of that as well. So you you come back and you see it wake up in the morning, early hours of this morning, you seeing seeing the Japanese stocks flying like you have never seen before. And then the MSCI Asia-Pacific index increasing there as well, Sakina, uh, by 0.61%. Why is this that we've got this new sort of uh, optimism in the market, it has to do with the fact that a lot of people have accepted that the Fed will actually increase interest rates in the following month. Uh, so everybody's already set up and they've priced that into their risk uh, management tools and they, so they, they think that that's what's going to happen. Uh, if you look at, for example, what are other things as well behind that, you see the uh, exported nations there, Brent crude traded above $50 a barrel yesterday uh, or even this early hours of this morning. So what that has done is that created new optimism even in those energy stocks that a lot of people have been dumping in recent months. So they've gone back into them again because it seems like it might be. I don't know. You remember, you and I last year towards the end we were talking about will will it go to thirty dollars a barrel? And now now it's at fifty. So. So, so it means that it has increased quite significantly, and that's why uh, they are the new flavour of the era. So that's why everybody's loving them.
1: Mm. And then there's this very interesting story uh, that's been around for a bit, um, collecting funeral benefits from government grants. What's your advice yeah. on that? I,
0: I think that there's nothing wrong with taking benefits. So, you know, if you look at the lives of our people and the fact that how expensive uh, our funerals are. In actual fact, um, I've I've got a very controversial view to what we're spending on our funerals because I think it's just absurd. And I remember you had a check about it. You had a forum on 8 about what we spend money on. But the most important thing is to understand that uh, we do have some sort of cultural significance to wanting to make sure that we bury our loved ones in the most respectable and most dignified way. So is it well for a company to deduct money from the grant? Well, to think about it uh, this way, there's uh, about 26.7% of Africans who are not working, who are unemployed, and uh, some of them do get some sort of grants from the government, and so therefore the only way that they can afford these kind of uh, funerals is to make sure that they have some sort of cover. So either they go to the private sector because that's the only place they know where they'll be able to get this kind of product that protects them on the downside should anything happen to their family members, but on the other on the side on the other side, perhaps maybe there's an opportunity for government to step in and say, look, we can actually if we do it on a on a scale level, we could actually have the most competitive and most cheapest way of creating a funeral cover that does cover those families when the time comes that they need the money. So maybe um, I'm being biased, maybe, I don't know, but I am in the industry and I know that it is devastating when you have a funeral and you have somebody to die, especially with some of us, you know, it's like, you know, when, you, when somebody passes away in the family, everybody looks at you they say, yeah, it's like you are on the radio, you are everywhere, celebrity, we're expecting the money now. See, it becomes <laughs> a bit of a, bit of a, of a challenge. But I think that we should think from it from both sides. And maybe if if it is going to be challenged from government's perspective, perhaps create for this of people some sort of benefit that will cover them in the time when they need it the most.
1: And then, of course, um, Japan and China's menial work um, will work themselves to death. The menial workers, at least uh, that's what some people are telling us.
0: Ah, Sakina, this thing is scary. Ah, 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 can you work until you die, Baba? Die until you did. Like, you're know, 80 years old and you still coming to the office to say, Hala, nah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's not inconceivable, by the way. Sakina,
0: Japan and, America, uh, uh, Japan and China are at the top list of the people who will be working until they die. Why? Because... Because of the rising uh, 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 interest rates, because of the fact that longevity has taken over, you know, people are refusing to die now. You remember I told you that. People are refusing to die. So it's it's taking a bit longer because of advancement in medical science uh, for people to die. And so, therefore, the question is, will you be uh, having enough money, Sakina, when you get to 60 to cover the rest of your life if you're going to be living another 40 or 50 years? That is what the challenge is. And we've seen now at the top of the list there, Japan there is the highest. It's got about 40% of their millennials who will actually be working post um, uh, uh, their retirement age. So the question really what we should be asking is, Um, can we save enough money to make sure that we retire comfortably? I think it's a trend that's taking place a a lot more, especially in the advanced economies, because uh, they've got a problem with this longevity, and we know that uh, Japan has got the oldest population in the world as well. So um, the question is, how will we make sure that we have saved enough towards retirement? The only way we can do that is to make sure we start saving now so that we have enough money by the time we retire. But whilst we wait for that, because you don't want to see me, you don't want to speak to me tomorrow, yeah? I'm going to give you a little
1: gift, my dear. I'm going to give you a little gift. Listen to this
0: one. Waza Thursday weekend.
1: (laughs) You see how you confuse people now? (laughs) I better let you go. (laughs) No, it is not Waza Friday. It's Thursday today. Tomorrow will be Friday, but because of the uh, special broadcast from Standerton, um, we will not be able to take uh, Clive because we'll be doing first hour. As per normal, and then from seven until nine, after the seven o'clock news, uh, we'll be crossing over and uh, doing the debate with the different political parties. It's part of our election build-up, and uh, that was, of course, our market analyst Clive Ntozabantu uh, Ramatibela, and he'll be back again next Monday. And remember, tomorrow we're going to Standerton for that live broadcast. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.